I cannot wait for this trend to end. Like, please let this end. Can we move hey, on to yeah, the next right, thing that I can hate? Other than the thing is, it's not even that much of a like as big a trend as people are making out. It is on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. Um, Welcome to the Piggy Bastards podcast, episode 51. Um, I know what you're all thinking. Things must have gone terribly wrong if they finally let Sam host an episode. Uh, but I'm here and hoping I don't manage to make this the lowest point in our history. We've just had episode 50, so um, the only way is down, really. Um, yeah. But here we hangover. <laughs> basically, that's that's what my podcast will be. Um, here with me, as always, is Fran. Hi, Fran. Hello. How's it going? Good. Um, good, good. Yeah. Thinking of ways I can make you nervous about your first hosting, but I've already done all that, so I just, I just. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, not going to yeah. go well. And um, and we got Matt as well. Hi, hi. I think I chose the wrong moment to to take a sip of water, which was really quite stupid of me because because <laughs> the intro is always going one direction. <laughs> there was only one person left. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, but I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, that's good. We're all good and. <laughs> We've got a we've got an interesting playlist to go through. I think. Um, yes, I'm, the... I'm excited about it today. This is one of the most excited. I've not felt this excited about finding out what you guys thought about albums for a while. Actually, I think it's going to be an yeah. interesting one. That's good. A good mix. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for the new releases, we have um, "Hop Up" by Orlando Weeks, uh, "Visions" by Red Vox, "Capri Songs" by FKA Twigs. Um, the Overload by Yard Act, and for a classic, we have um, Aretha Franklin's "I've Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You," and I will be talking at the end about why I love Lady Gaga. Um, so let's just get straight into it. Um, Fran, which yes. of these albums gave back more than you put into it? Okay, so before I give you an answer, I have to share that I, I found this a quite interesting question to consider i'm not sure if your intention was to make me think as much as you did with this question it was so yeah okay <laughs> okay it was interesting because I'm ne- i don't think i've ever really thought of my listening experience in that way before like of, of me having to give something to an album to get something from it. even though you know you do have to work on albums but i don't think i've ever really thought of it in that way um so i i, I don't know if i 100 knew what the question meant which i probably made clear in the whatsapp group but the way i've interpreted it in the end, I think the album that fits best for me is Hop Up by Orlando Weeks. Um, so the reason being that I never felt I had to work with this album. Um, I just sort of instantly connected with it and ended up really sort of falling for it, really enjoying it. I think it it didn't take any work from me to get there with it. And it was it's a, the, the way the album sounds as well, I don't think I had to put a lot of a lot of work into, you know, gelling with it it's just quite an easily listenable album and in the end it gave me quite a lot really um i found i connected pretty hard to it i think largely to me it felt like an album that's about becoming a dad and the journey of emotions that that involves and, and obviously that's something i'm i'm going through um the songs like bigger and look who's talking now uh, were particularly resonant for me i think it sort of talks about the idea of your world expanding as you go through such a a big change and then later in the album there's songs like hey you hop up make you happy big skies silly faces they all seem to be about that new connection you know they're kind of sweet songs a bit you know you could call them saccharine i don't find them saccharine personally um 
you know, there's lines like I've got such high hopes for you on Hey You Hop Up, which I think are really well done. Um, and yeah, and then there's other songs like Silver, which I think talk more talk more about the sort of difficult parts of that, you know, how 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 much you have to put into being a parent and, and the reward you get. Um, I might be reading too much into this album. I might just be projecting my own mindset on it. I suppose it could just be an album about a new relationship. I'm not sure. But in terms of it giving me something with me making minimal effort, this album definitely did. I think it's a gentle, easy album that invites that connection. And even outside of those things, I think um, it's a really lovely sounding album that's quite different from the work Orlando Weeks did with the Maccabees. So yeah, in the end, I was a big fan of this one. I, I did buy the record, which I've not said on this podcast for a while. I know we've said wow. it all the time. Um, it definitely, it, it surpassed my ex- expectations as I um, I knew his previous solo album and I wasn't mad on it. I thought it was okay. But I, yeah, I really, really like this one. A big, big, big fan. Yeah. Okay. Um, Matt, do you want to jump in? Sure, sure. I... I'm I'm surprised how much you liked it. I, I am surprised I, too. Yeah. I'm I was very confused by this album. Like there were certain days, especially with your answer, like you have to put less work in and stuff like that. Like yeah. for me it was very subjective whether I hated this album or loved it. <laughs> um, like there were days where I just I found it completely unlistenable. Really? It's, it is it is like the like this the synths are just so like you mentioned, like so sickly sweet, mm. and it is such like a positive album, um, and like the tone of it just doesn't sit well. I find with what's going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, um, but not every album has just, to, does it? No, 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 it doesn't. But like, if there's a day where I'm just like feeling beat down, and um, mm. or it's it's. So, like, sometimes you want to listen to something positive in response to that to help get you out of that rut. Um, but this is so positive that it, it is jarring. Um, and I, I don't think I've heard, like, listened to an album that's just so upbeat and so, <laughs> like, it feels like it feels like a music equivalent of a big, white, fluffy cloud. Um, yeah, with a that's the front cover as well, sky. isn't it? Like the clouds. Is it? Yeah, the front cover is a blue sky and white clouds, Matt. So. Oh, okay, well, yeah. So that's, I'm not the only one who thought of that then. Yeah. Um, but then, like, there were days where I'm just like, I'm in a good mood. I put it on, and it just it elevates my good mood. It like connects mm. with me then. And there's a lot to like. I like the way he's going. I think it's really interesting. I liked the like the interplay of the vocals. It felt almost like um, Simon and Garfunkel-y with with the yeah. way that he sings and then he has some backing backing vocals um um but yeah it, i don't know maybe i i also come in with lots of bias as well because i love the maccabees they're like an integral yeah, yeah. band to me and my teenage years but it was hard to compare this to that as a result because it was so sweet, so like there were just times I just found it so hard to just to engage with it and not be not be just annoyed. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah I I am on, I'm on the fence, but it's not because okay. I thought it was average. It was because every day it was different for me. <laughs> yeah, it's a mood album for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I kind of I'm kind of on the same page as you, Matt. But I feel like from a different. A different angle with it like I, I don't have any knowledge of the Maccabees music I've no connection there 
so I had no idea what this was going to be. Um, and instantly I was like, this is like a, an album from the eighties. It's, it's so yeah. it, it, and it, in a way that it's like, it could have been made then it didn't feel like a new, a new version of that. It felt like an album that had been made then it felt like Phil Collins or, or even like Bronski beat at times. It, his voice sounds really similar to Jimmy Somerville on some of this. Mm. And then at other times I, I got like, um, he kind of reminded me a bit of like wind from um, arcade fire, but like the way yeah, that yeah, he, yeah. just the way that he kind of glides around um, when he's singing. Um, but I kind of liked how different this was to not only my expectations, but like everything else happening in like alternative indie music, mm. because that uh, kind of a person from an indie band goes solo I kind of have in my head what that album is always going to be like. <laughs> and yeah. then this is like nothing at all like that. I really enjoyed Bigger. I think you mentioned that, Fran. Yeah, Bigger's great, yeah. I, I picked out that you would hate Look Who's Talking Now because mm-hmm. it's like really like irritating. Mm-hmm. and it, But it, it was like lodged <laughs> in my head for ages. Um, it's definitely it's, catchy. It's real. This is like dreamy pop music. It, and it's kind of... Um, I'm surprised you got so much depth from the lyrics because that was the thing that I really struggled with it sort of just mm. was an album that just floated along and was there and was like a, a good vibe um and then i didn't really get much depth from it especially compared to some of the other things um on the playlist so it was yeah i i didn't hate it and i but i i wasn't like um desperate to hear it over and over again um mm. but while while some of the songs um i found myself quite enjoying them while they were while they were on um so yeah it just wasn't at all what i was expecting and i'm i'm really surprised you like it this much fran it doesn't yeah. seem like your thing yeah. at all i mean well i've got the instant sort of maccabees connection would have always you know I, I do wonder it would would i you know what would i have thought if i had heard it and it wasn't orlando week someone who i really do like anyway mm-hmm. um yeah. but it you know that got me free but like i said i didn't really have to i like this straight away um What's interesting to me is you've just compared it to Jimmy Jimmy Somerville, who I I think I hate, but it's the third <laughs> time in in like a space of a month that an album I've really liked, I've been told it sounds like Jimmy Somerville. Same happened with W H Lung um, and something else I can't remember now, but maybe maybe I should go and I check think, out Jimmy Somerville. I just think yeah, that eighties that that like eighties style of of singing and also like the using the voice around the backing track, I, f- I feel like that's kind of just had a revival again. Yeah, it seems yeah, like it comes yeah. in cycles every couple of years. And um, this is just another one of those. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like what you said about it being different to what you'd expect from someone coming, coming from an indie band. And I think that's what I like about it as well. Is like he could just create another album of Maccabees tunes and all the Maccabees fans would eat it up, but he hasn't. He's trying something a bit different. Um, yeah. I like that about it. I think also for like a callback album, like to, like 80s vibe, we recently did talked about War on Drugs and I mm. thought that was terrible because it was too much. And this, yeah. this I thought like had enough going for it when I was in a good mood for it, that it, it although it was very 80s vibe, it's, it feels different in the way it's calling back to the 80s. Yeah. I think the way that it's, it's quick, it's a short album as well, isn't it? Whereas that War on Drugs, I yeah. think it's like, you, you know, you... It doesn't yeah. give you time to get bored of it. I don't think the um, we all end up yeah. album. Um, yeah. uh, I meant to mention as well that I, it 
it is i read an article and it was he did record it after he had a kid so maybe it's just you your, maybe it's your dad brain yeah i do think that no i do think there's an awful lot to be said there because there's just parts of some of the songs that really connected with me for those reasons like yeah there's things that he would say which makes sense to me right now because that's what i'm seeing every day whereas you know for someone who's not going through that i can imagine the lyrics might have seen a bit a bit vague but some of the lyrics especially on songs like that, um just make a lot of sense to me right now so i yeah. do think that is a big part of it um good timing for me really and him yeah so yeah i'll listen to it when she's like 15 and see if i still think the same but right <laughs> now it makes sense. um okay uh matt we'll jump to you um sure. we've we've all said that that was a bit of a joy but um which album gave you the least amount of joy when listening to it? Um, so that will be the Red Vox album. <laughs> Had to be. I think, yeah, this was um, just not great. I like. I did. I thought the songs were fine. Like, I wouldn't like. I enjoyed ish listening to the album. Um, it felt like you know when you go to a gig and there's a support you haven't heard of, and they don't blow you away, but they're right for the moment. Um, it feels like I've seen this support act hundreds of times in gigs, and mm. I, I I never remember who they are because eh, it doesn't care. I like I, it doesn't matter. Um, but I will I'll have enjoyed them in that moment, and it would have been a perfect warm up. Um, and it yeah, it really for me it just felt like they were doing kind of rock by numbers with this kind of big twangy electric guitar and rolling drums. And um, but the big issue is they want to be like a noughties alt rock band like queens of the stone age but they don't have any of the hooks or the riffs to really make it stick um i like i listening to the album like 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 i said i i enjoyed the experience but i wouldn't i couldn't remember any of the songs afterwards really um there was nothing that stuck with me it just kind of if i wanted a certain that vibe I could have put that on, but in the future, I will go and listen to Queens of the Stone Age instead. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it was here for a month and it's going to go after that. Um, there, there was, it wasn't all like negative. Like there were, there was one song I quite liked <laughs> that did have moments that like stuck with me, which was uh, choking on the spite. I thought that built in a really good way and had a really nice payoff at the end. But again, it just felt a little bit like a, um, cover band as opposed to mm. hey there's this um band that's doing relevant music to 2022 <laughs> yeah um yeah. yeah and there's also a scar song in the middle so i was just like what the fuck's going on <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's my feelings yeah i i think i feel like exactly the same as you um that cover yeah. band comparison is so obvious um i feel like that song there's a place which feels like that's probably like the single or something that mm. in the middle of the start of the album it's, it's like something foo fighters would release but yeah even even compared to that with someone performing it that's like never performed a rock song before and <laughs> it's like heard rock songs performed but doesn't know what it is to like actually go for it, it no none of these not the guitarists, the singers, the everything. It's like they just they're holding back. There's no edge. Mm-hmm. There's no bite. Um, there's bits that are catchy, but there's 
there's just nothing there's nothing to grip onto i i thought they they sounded a lot like biffy clyro um in their recent stuff but even then um at least with biffy clyro they seem to have gone let's just turn into a pop band and like pivots into that and own that these guys just it's everything just feels like it's like muted like it's been turned down a few things on the volume Mm. um and there's just not really it's so straight down the line these 12 songs all of them could be the same as each other um it's it felt really weird to have an album like this on the playlist because in the time i've done the podcast doesn't feel like we've had an album that's this straightforward mm. kind of just rock by numbers like the sort of song it's like the the album equivalent of like someone's kid learning smoke on the water and coming home <laughs> and like like you know like and now I'm a rock star it's that kind of attitude towards it mm. um yeah i picked out choking on the spite as the one interesting moment um yeah. but yeah, I just, it feels like my first rock album. Um, and that's kind of it. I don't, I don't know why yeah. anyone would listen to this and go, oh, well, this is the, the these are going to be huge. These are the new thing. Um, mm. Just didn't have anything to get into at all. Yeah. God, I no. hope Fran loves this. I mean, I'm not going to say a lot more because you've, you've, you've all pretty much taken what I had to say. I mean, I've written down that it's like if someone wrote the words generic white man rock music into an automatic music generator and this is what came out. (laughs) Um, You know, it's not obnoxious, it's not horrible, but it's not exciting. Um, The only thing I'm going to add other than that really is that Matt isn't allowed to pick any guitar bands for a while because he picked Cold War Kids a couple of playlists ago and and he picked this and both of them have just bored me to tears. So You were were curious about Cold War Kids. I mean, I wasn't curious enough to pick it for a podcast episode. I, I yeah. kind of assumed it was going to be, but yeah, no, that's you banned next, from guitar music for next. But next month isn't a guitar band, so we're all good. Good, good. And then the month after that, you're not allowed one over. That's okay. you. You've got too much ban. I'm on probation. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. okay. Is, that, is that all you're saying, Fran? You're just Literally, all I'm saying generic, <laughs> boring. That's fine. Let's I've move got on. To say. I can't remember the name of any songs. I'm done. Let's let's not listen to that ever again. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Happy with that. Okay. Um, of the other two albums, well, the other three albums you haven't spoken about, was, um, was there any of them that you were like desperate to talk about, um, Fran, for the next um, bit? Do you know what? I'm I'm quite excited to talk about all three of the other ones. But as you've put me on the spot, let's let's go to the classic. I've, of course, I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Cool. We'll go to the classic. Let's okay. talk about Aretha Franklin. I've never loved a man the way that I love you. Um, so you want me to start? Yeah, yeah if you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah cool, go cool. for it. Yeah. So I mean, the only Aretha Franklin songs I knew in full previously were the ones that bookend this album. So there's the amazing cover of of Otis Redding's "Respect," which does surpass the original, and then there's Sam Cooke's "A Change Is Gonna Come." That is a good version, but it doesn't doesn't hold a candle to the the original. So, as a jumping off point, I wasn't really sure what this meant. Um, that like her two most well known songs were these covers. Um, so it didn't it didn't make me dead excited for the album, but it didn't make me dread the album either. But I mean, after listening to it an awful lot this month, I have to say I think I've been missing out on Aretha Franklin for a long time and on a, a really good album for a long time. I think I was expecting a more disco type sound for some reason. That's probably just me being an idiot. 
Um, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know much about her. Wow. Um, I really didn't know much about her at all, but it's a really gorgeous set of sort of soul songs that I think have performed really, really well. Um, the instrumentation is much more minimal than I'd been expecting. And it's her voice that does so much of the work. Um, you know, I, you hear her all the time named among the best voices in music. And, and I do think she deserves that. I think she can show a real huge range of emotion with her voice. I think as Dr. Feelgood, she sounds really pained. There's, um, she sounds really strong on Do Right Woman, Do Right Man. She's got like a fun performance on Good Times, powerful on Respect. And I think that other than Respect, um, Do Right Woman, Do Right Man was my favorite song here. Um, I really like the way that that song and the album as a whole has some really strong feminist messaging that seems kind of ahead of its time for 1967. Um, yeah, I've had this album on my short list of classics to include for a long time, and I'm really glad that you picked it, Sam, because often the classics are the album that I listen to least on a list, but this one I, I listen to a lot and I, and I really liked it. I think it's just, it's quality track after quality track. Yeah, I was yeah. impressed. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll jump in because yeah, I I I think it's absolutely ridiculous how much better this music is than anything else on that we did on this playlist this month. Um, I I feel quite bad comparing it to these newer acts, but for me, I I just found this album just outstanding. Um, front mm. to back, I I've always loved her voice, and I've just never really given any of her albums the time. I've given like individual songs and individual performances but here it's just I, I don't know if the hit rate is high on this album and that's unusual for her but every single song it's just there's just star power and amazing mm. performance every second um that you mentioned dr feelgood that song is just there's just so much soul in it but there's also mm. so much like kind of sex appeal that I hear when I hear that, like I'd, it feels silly mm-hmm. saying that, but it's like that the bit at the end where she she's like, um, "Oh, good God Almighty, the, sh- the man sure makes me feel real good." And there's not a single person in music that I have heard on record be able to deliver lines like that and like those sort of moments um, in the way that she does on every single track here. Um, it's there's 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 just magic in the in the way it's produced in the way she's playing piano the the way that it's kind of brought together with her voice there's there's so many people that try and replicate this now we've like Adele and and we had Amy and and even like Bruno Mars and these people who are like big vocalists singing and they're trying to do this and they have great songs but they just they just don't have the magic that she has on this mm back in the 60s where mm. these songs are just timeless that near it's nearly 60 years since this came out and this Smart, feels more relevant um more engaging more and i i felt myself drawn to it way more than any of the other new music that's on this playlist we could be listening to, we, we love listening to new music and it was this that just kept drawing me back and I, if either of you say that this isn't better than some of the shit that we have to listen to on this podcast, <laughs> I we may as well just end the end picky V's now. I this yeah. this was the best classic I've I've listened to on on this um in the whole time. It's up there, done. definitely. It's definitely up there with the best classics we've done, I think. Yeah. 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 What did you um, think, Matt? I agree. 
I agree. I was going to joke that it was somewhere somewhere around Red Vox level, but actually, no, <laughs> you, you can't. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot a lot about what you said, Sam. It's like super accurate. I I'm, I do think it's funny that that Fram thought this was going to be a disco record when like I'm like, baffled. She's known as the queen of soul. I didn't soul. think it was going to be a disco record. I just thought. <laughs> I think what I meant as... by that is I think it was going to be more of like a dancey like more of an upbeat album because I, I literally i mean respects the main song i know and that is a more upbeat song so disco was probably yeah. the wrong choice of word but i yeah. thought it would be more like lively full-on i thought it'd be quite full-on and quite dramatic but it's not that's what i meant i'll take back the word disco <laughs> yeah see yeah <laughs> this is this is exactly what i expected i expected it to be like very like drama driven and like massive songs which um don't necessarily have any levity to them um, mm. or that they're not as easy to just like put on like on a Sunday afternoon, unless you want to be like, like really, really get going. Um, but like this, had like Sam has said, there's a massive amount of like diversity within this album. There's a lot of smaller moments, which are really meaningful, mm. but also as well as the bigger moments. Um, I, I feel like I actually knew a lot of these songs um i don't know how because i've never listened to this album before um but i guess just through osmosis and living and and people playing it around and about um and so it was really like nice to hear them as a collection of songs and then the songs that i didn't know i also really liked as well i don't like to pick up and like there was wasn't a dud at all in any of these which is i think a rare thing especially um it's something I always look out for, especially in the classics, because if it's something is going to be revered and held up, like if there's two or three songs which are really dragging it down and people have just been ignoring it for 40 years, that kind of sucks. Uh, but mm-hmm. like this, this, like there are high points, but every, every song is still also a high point. Um, and for me, what really stood out was um, the way everything was, uh, like obviously her voice is amazing, yeah, I don't need to go there, but like the way everything was arranged around it to like have kind of like the playful bluesy organ, the piano and the horns and none of it felt like it was out competing her, but it was also supporting and adding enough layer and textures to the songs to actually give it much more charisma and uh, make it much more like uh, engaging. And what I think that is the struggle that Sam was talking about with modern artists is it's getting that fine tuned balance, right. Of making the song really something you want to appeal to without it just being, Hey, look at this voice. That's amazing. Mm. Um, And so I, I just, yeah, I thought it was great. It was a super good time. And I think, yeah, it was much more fun than I was expecting, um, which I really, I really liked and enjoyed. So this was good pick, good, very good pick. Yeah, definitely. One of the few classics that deserves classic status that we've had. I think we say this sometimes. Like yeah, a lot of the classics that we pick, you're like, well, no, not really. But th- every now and then we get one that is a true classic, and this definitely is. I think. Sorry, Sam, you were going to say something. No, I'm just so I'm, I'm glad we picked it as well. Um, mm. Especially coming straight after the album I'm going to talk about now, which I need to okay. get rid of from my life. <laughs> Um, I think we're finally going to get some disagreement now. Which is yeah. the the shock of the shock of everything is obviously that I I absolutely hated um, 
the overload by the Yard Act. Um, yeah, shocker. And not even like I cannot stand this album. Like, I, it's I feel like a broken <laughs> record when I talk about these things, and I know it's funny and like you guys love post-punk stuff and I don't and it's fine and then I I talk about the things I like about them and that I don't like we've listened to so many of these kinds of albums but at this point I'm just convinced this must be like a practical joke that everyone's playing on me (laughs) because is it is it that no one can sing anymore is singing uncool I'm like I out of touch like I feel like Skinner the Skinner meme of like it's the children (laughs) who are wrong like I think I've said that before as well like this is someone talking next to me at a gig really obnoxiously like that that's it it's completely unrelated to the music and it's impossible to get through like Land of the Blind that rich song that they are just I can't understand why someone would actively want to re-listen to those songs. It's, it's the, the you can't. I can't even describe them as lyrics. It's not poetry. It is some guy yammering on like endlessly in a pub about something like to you. And I don't see. I just don't see the appeal at all. And at least in those other albums, I could get them musically. In the Black Country New Road album. Mm. I got the music in Idols. I get the attitude and I get what they're going for. Even like the Fontaine's DC, which I really didn't like, I at least get the the kind of the there's like a a, a driving force with the music, and I, I like mm. the music. Here, the music is so boring. Like, the, if if you listen to an instrumental version of this album, it's it would just be re- a non-event, which makes me go. So if if you've got a really boring instrumental album and then just a guy yammering over the top, I don't get how this is a musical album. I don't, it isn't, I, I, I do not understand the appeal at all. This is by far the worst of the of this sort of album that we've had to listen to. And I am, I have no idea why people are so drawn to this. I, I genuinely don't. And whatever you say to me, I am never listening to this again. That's fine. You don't um, want to come and see him then? Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> Matt, do you want to go? Sure. This is one of my albums of the year. <laughs> I love it. This is. I know it's. I know it's. I, I'm easy sell on most post punk, um, but I like this is. It is this rambling, talking, crazy man who is talking in your ear the entire time, but. It is funny, and it's it feels like like pulp meets Happy Mondays meets Park Life in a way that I know you said like there's a lot of bands doing this post punk thing. I haven't heard someone do it quite as simple and straightforward, and um, mm. just it's very efficient um, throughout, um, and like. I'm there's certain songs on this on this album that I'm just obsessed with like like Rich which you <laughs> Sam mentioned I just I can't stop listening to it <laughs> and I don't know why I I just I think it's really like the the caricatures of people and places and the satire that they're Can you can I portraying. ask you a quick question Matt while you're talking about Rich do you have a favorite line can you think of your favorite oh. line if you had I know Sam would love it I, just... I don't know I don't know. The I line where he says, 
I think we've both got gout. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I was going to say, like, I can't remember the context uh, exactly, but he's just all of a sudden he's talking that they've got gout, which, um, yeah, it's just well, like, it. that's, isn't the gout like a disease of the rich, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry, carry on. But yeah, I, I like, despite enjoying it, I recognize all its flaws. Um, mm. It's so simple. I don't know where they'll go from here. Um, like, there's bands from two decades ago, like The Rakes, that I loved, mm. that had a similar kind of vibe, but even they had more musically going on, right? So I could, <laughs> I could see them stepping that up, maybe, but yeah, but maybe not. I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know where where they where they go from here but for an album um i had a really good time listening to it so uh yeah 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 i mean i don't think anyone's gonna be massively surprised to hear that it's right up my street as well um i, I like their attitudes i like the performance i like that they can be sort of profound in one breath and funny in the next um obviously they are part of a genre that's having a, a heyday um, but there's something about the stories they tell and the way he tells them that made me think of the streets, actually. Yeah. It's like a guitar-based version of Mike Skinner, um, which a lot of the other stuff in this genre at the minute isn't. It is more of a storytelling album, and it is, for that reason, the music is less important, I think. Um, I can understand that that sort of view that the music's a little bit weak at times, but um, it does it's, does its job, I think. Um, yeah, like other other bands that us picky bastards have disagreed on a lot, they aren't subtle in their messaging, but that doesn't really bother me. Um, I think there's a bit of a, a bit of snobbery around this sort of music at the minute, and this is not what I'm, I'm not saying this about you, Sam. You you just don't like this type of music, and that's that's fair. But I think there's people who do like this kind of music are now saying that some of the bands like this and Idols are you know you're just speaking into an echo chamber. When in reality, actually, I think that it's a form of music that has fans that don't hear some of the things they're saying. So I think it's actually quite important in that regard. Um, but yeah, they do wear their political view on their sleeves and they don't massively feel like they're saying anything new, but then they say it in a fun and engaging way for me. And then at, at times they are profound. I think the song Tall Poppies, which is about a friend who passed away, is, is really quite powerful. Um, I think the final song, 100% Endurance, is a bit of a cliché. It's one of those sort of songs about what the meaning of life is, but I think it really works. I think the fact that they're so purposely unsubtle does does really work. Um, I think Poor Another is really one of the catchiest songs I've, I've heard in quite a while. It's been stuck in my head all month. I like the title song. I like Payday. I really like Rich. Um, I do think it sags a little bit in the middle of the album. I think the songs Witness, Land of the Blind, and Quarantine the Sticks are my least favourite songs. Um, but none of them are bad. They're just... You know they're not great um so yeah my reaction is definitely positive it's it's you know i'm, I'm gonna i have bought this album on vinyl as well so um, <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't want to contradict 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 myself too much at the end here but i am a bit confused and, and as why these are the band that have broken through in the way they have i really like them and i really like this album uh, but there's loads of good stuff in this genre and yardak seems to have struck an extra chord with a lot of people you know right? there's something else that's really pulled them in and I wonder Matt if you've got thoughts on that because it sounds like you liked it more than some other stuff in this but you know they're fine they're really good um but they're actually doing similar stuff that aren't quite as successful so I, I have been a little bit confused about what's elevating them it's, it's just poppier I think it's mm. e it's so easy 
Um, and it's like the jokes are very simple. <laughs> like lyrically, yeah. like I'm not someone who pays attention to lyrics, but I, I, I get what's going on and I don't have to pay attention to, to understand that. And I know a lot of other post-punk uh, bands are doing that, but this is this is more pop than, than a lot of those. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's just a little bit more accessible. Um, yeah. Plus, I think they also have uh, good videos as well, which I think goes a long way these days. So, so I haven't seen any videos, but I will go and watch. They, they seem funny. to have a. F- it seems to be that they have like a big online presence as well, mm-hmm. and in in a yeah. way that I feel like the other ones don't. The that like this this was in like a big like chart battle and they sold yeah. way more copies than they would have done. They, they were doing like gigs every single night of the week. Um, and they put a big thing up about how like it was like against how they'd ever acted before or like that mm. it was like they were part of the machine that was making it and it was contradictory, but they wanted to see what they could do. Or it, so mm. that it, it felt like they were, Maybe that's why it feels like they've kind of broken through more than they probably have. And yeah, they may, maybe yeah. they're shouting more about themselves online than some yeah. of the fans do. And then I imagine in the in the in the uh, arenas that I read stuff and that I see stuff, those you know people will be sharing. If yeah. they were doing that big campaign, then that would have been shared a lot. Yeah, where I see things, yeah. I suppose. So, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. Well, you answered my questions. Thank you. <laughs> um we've got we've got one album left um yep. i know you've just spoken matt but why don't you jump in on fk twigs sure sure so this is uh capri songs um and so i i this was another album i had kind of a tough time with whether i was uh again depending on my mood like sometimes i really liked a lot of this album and sometimes i was just like what's going on uh like it is uh, firstly, the album is far too long. Um, I find it's not just long in length length terms, but there's a lot of different uh, tracks and little vignettes here and there. And I don't think they're all adding something. And there's lots of ideas that feel like they're not fully realized. Um, and then it, for me, it comes back to a kind of something I've always felt with FKA Twigs is there's very few of her releases where I'm like this entirely from start to finish is like A tier, like top, top quality. I love everything that's going on. I think it's it's very hit and miss. I think some of her earlier EPs, because they're so short, it was like, oh, this is all really good. But as it's gone on, um, I've liked her albums as as a whole less and less um but that said there's still like lots i do like about this like she has such a good sense for like rhythm and like the beats underneath her um but this is as an album is seems like a bit of a left turn it's much more straightforward than some of her previous work less challenging um less experimental and it, it feels like more just on the nose R&B in a lot of it. Not all of it, but in, in a lot of it. Um, and so the kind of weirdness of the the music that she was previously doing, like even just the weird things she would do with her voice, I miss that. Um, and so instead, like the stuff she'd do with her voice in this is more just like your standard pitch shifting stuff, which everyone's doing. Um, and so I don't know. 
I, I can get that maybe she wants to try something a bit more straightforward because doing what she's been doing previously must be pretty exhausting. Um, but I just didn't connect with this album as much as a result of this kind of change in uh, like ethos behind it. Um, and then I, I think the last thing is just, I don't think any of the features really added anything. Um, I'd really liked, I like, I love Georgia Smith. She turns up, she's got great vocals. I don't think that song is very good. Um, I didn't like that song at all. So I'm just like, okay, like, what what are we doing here? And that, I feel like that's consistent with the many, many features that are across the album. So I was just like, ah. So kind of like some days good, some days bad, but mostly disappointed with it. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to jump in, Fran? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm going to start with a slightly tenuous comparison, but let me get through it. Um, so when I was thinking about this album, thinking about FKA Twigs, I was thinking about how she holds a similar position to Little Sims for us at Picky Bastards. And what I mean by that is it's not to the same degree, but she's an artist that we all at least rate highly, which it's often, it's yeah. not that often that we all sort of agree that an artist is good. Like we usually all disagree. So I think FKA Twigs comes with a little bit more expectation than a lot of other things we cover in the same way that Little Sims yeah. does. Um, so I kind of was thinking of this album in comparison to Simbi in some ways, the last Little Sims album. Mm. And I think the arrangement of the album made sense to me in that respect in, well, in, in that it's, it is trying new things. It is long. It is a lot of interludes. And so I think that comparison continued to make sense. Um, I think the difference for me is I went into Simbi expecting the best album ever and came away sort of liking it but not loving it. Whereas with Capri songs, I, I went in expecting it to be rubbish and was very pleasantly surprised. I think the idea that she talked about it as a mixtape rather than an album and the way she was almost dismissive of it, of it before she released it made me think that it would be very throwaway. And and Matt's said that it is in some parts. For me, I don't think it is. I think um, it's very different to a lot of her other work. I think it's less moody, it's less dark, it's less weird. But I do think it still has her signatures and a stamp all over it. And in a way, I think you know, despite me saying that we're all Twigs fans to a degree, I think I'm less of a FKA Twigs fans than maybe Sam and some of our editors, such as Tom and, and other people on the team. I like her, but she's not top tier for me. But then this project's actually raised her in my estimation a little bit. I think it's not as complex as Cohesive of Magdalene, but I do think it's a shit ton more fun. I think it feels more free. It feels more loose. It feels more welcoming. And it feels more like willing to take on different influences and, and not just try. I feel like a lot of times FK Twigs tries so hard to be unique in her music. Whereas here she's not doing that. She's she's allowing herself to, you know, just release an R&B song. Um, and it's got some of my favorite Twigs songs so far. I like Careless. I like Minds of Men. I like Pappy Bones. Um, and they're all really different from each other. And, and Matt's just said he didn't like Darjeeling with George Smith. I really yeah. like that song. Um I like hearing FKA Twigs rap. Actually, I thought that I thought that was good. Um, the absolute standout for me is Meta Angel, uh, but funnily enough, that is probably the song that sounds like it would be most at home on Magdalene. It's the most clearly FKA <laughs> Twigs song, but I think that is the standout. Um, so yeah, I generally really enjoyed listening to it. I will keep listening to it. Um, but yeah, the other reason it reminded me of Simbi, and I've kind of mentioned this, is that it is patchy. There are some lesser moments, but I do think that's to be expected on a project like this. Um, the worst track is definitely Tears in the Club, um, which is just a terrible, it's just not a good song. It's devoid of interest. Um, 
I think the weekend. Sorry, Sam, but the weekend sucks the life out of that song. I didn't make it. I know you're a big fan. Of, I know you're a big fan of him, and but he just sucked the life out of it, out of it for me for a minute. Um, but other than that, I think it's a really good project. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's got fun track. I, I like the fun tracks. You know, like there's Which Way and and the bit where she's talking about I had a good job and I left. It's just it's just quite playful and fun. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I I'm I'm not surprised if, that this feels like. It's not the most divisive album on the playlist in terms of like us having completely separate opinions, but I feel like we all had very different experiences with this album, all three of us. Yeah. Um, and like you said, Fran, I, I feel like I came in as like the biggest fan of FKA Twigs' most recent stuff. Like I feel like Magdalene was her peak. I, I feel like that was that to me was the album that had the most consistency, most interesting stuff. Um, so this is not at all what I would have expected. I don't think any of us expected this from her. But no. at the same time, if you think about it in the context of her as a person, as well as an artist, I feel like it starts to make a bit more sense. And and thinking of it like that, where she's obviously she's been through some shit in the last few years, like in kind of openly um, with like lawsuits and um, mm, the yeah. the sexual harassment case and kind of you can tell that that must really kind of do a lot to if she was to do an album like Magdalene again you wonder if she'd be able to get through that whereas this it feels like she's she's decided to say yes and she's decided to go mm. I'm gonna say yes to everyone I'm gonna work with all these people that want to work with me I'm gonna if the weekend comes over and wants to do a song I'm gonna say yes whether or not that is anywhere near as good as her previous stuff She's doing it and she's trying new things. And yes, this isn't anywhere near as experimental as her previous stuff, but I'm not going to recommend this to like people who like my like pop chart music fans who like friends who like just like do a leaper and things like that. Like this is not accessible in that way. It's still mm. very much feels like her album, but yeah. it, it allows you into it a lot quicker than I feel like some of the other ones do. Like it doesn't take as much work. Um, I think for me, the, the key selling point of this is that I've always thought of FK Twigs as a dancer as much as a singer. And to me, that's been her biggest appeal to me because I, I'm a huge fan of dance and I, I, I love the way that she always incorporated that into, um, her performances. But this feels like the first time she's done that with the music itself, like she's she's pulling dance music from various genres. She's pulling it from R and B. She's doing lots of dancehall records. She's pulling it from the more experimental stuff, and then also kind of chart friendly pop. And the when you when you think of it, when I thought of it like that, it feels the the fun aspect that you're talking about, Fran. That really comes through. Yeah, yeah. I've never listened to anything by FK Twigs and thought this was enjoyable to make <laughs> before. Yeah. yeah. It always feels like this was hard and she had to recover for seven days to get through this. Whereas this must have been a joy to create as well as release. Um, and whether or not the reason she said it's a mixtape is because of that and she thinks it's not mm. fully her artistic view um, or like what she's trying to be, be as an artist. But yeah, I really like seeing her feel a lot more personable and like a real person she can kind of yeah. feel a bit like a weird alien 
robot thing or something in her, her other music, <laughs> like yeah, unattainable. Yeah. She is uh, her own creation. Whereas here, you get the sense she's she's just a normal person. She's talking to her friends. She's talking to the people that she's collaborating with before the songs. Yes, it's a bit of a mess um, at times, but I really enjoyed that side of the album. Um, yeah, I I picked out Pappy Bones as a massive highlight. That that should have been like a Rihanna single. Um, uh, I picked out Jealousy and Honda. Um, like I really like the dancehall stuff. Um, but yeah, I I have no idea where she'll go after this. I don't know if she'll yeah. return to the previous kind of more um, darker, more introspective, that style of thing. Um, but I don't see this as a kind of... Um, I don't see this as her just letting go of that and trying to do something really commercial, which was my worry going in. I got a lot mm. more out of it than I expected. Um, whether or not this is the best music of her career, that's probably not. Um, but it's refreshing. And I it felt it feels like a bit of a reset for her as a person. Um, so that's kind of welcome to see, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind I mean, of just wish she had called it an album, though. I wish... Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like it's the same with George Smith last year releasing really good music, but just there is there's something that's holding them back. Maybe like someone said to me, maybe it's a record label thing. Yeah, I wonder with this, like the way that it was released and the fact that there isn't a physical release for many Mm. more months. I wonder if this is one of those things where she's put this together and rather than wait and collate it into a into an album or Mm. create a a a one off thing to release she's gone i want to just put this out as soon as i've done it as soon as i've finished with all these songs and maybe that's the case this sort of the stuff the difference between mixtape and album does feel like a label thing rather than a an artist thing a lot of the time yeah yeah i think i think i need to give it some time because i had no no idea about the uh, like background surrounding this and i came in with high expectations yeah Mm. (laughs) And so I think I put too much on it. And so maybe I need to give it a couple months and go back to it. Because like you say, there's a lot going on in here that is good. And um, yeah, maybe maybe if I just uh, check myself. You, you were saying about the Yard Act like, videos as well, Matt. If you go and watch the videos to like... Uh, yeah, she's... Angel. Yeah, and yeah, she's she yeah like like Sam was saying, she's an amazing dancer and her videos yeah, are yeah. pretty sensational. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I did check out some of those. Um, and often those were songs I liked. Yeah, there we go. Okay, that's that's the the meat of the playlist. What did what did we all think of um of this month's playlist? I feel like it's an interesting one. Yeah, it's like a Frankenstein of a playlist. Um, um, I can go for me. I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to make a big claim. I'm going to make a big claim. It's the second best playlist we've ever done. That's wrong. Wow, that is so wrong. <laughs> that is so wrong. It's the second best playlist we've ever done. Because there was, for me, there's always a classic that lets it down. There's always an album. You know, I didn't like the Red Vox, but I really liked Orlando Weeks. I really liked Yard Act. I really liked Aretha Franklin. And I got a lot, a lot out of the FK, FK Twigs. And I can't think of many times that there's been that much music I liked on one of our playlists. Um, mm-hmm. The last time was when we had Idols, uh, Big Red Machine, US Girls, and Sugar Cubes on, on one list. So for me, it's it's the second best playlist we've ever done. 
Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not counting like the classic ones, and I'm not. I'm not counting the like best of the year and those ones. I mean, like straight down the line yeah. playlist. It's the second yeah. best one we've done for me. And you definitely I, disagree with that, Matt. <laughs> I disagree. I don't. I don't think it's. It's not. It's somewhere in the middle, maybe upper middle. Like for me, this is the most polarizing playlist where I was. It's got some of the worst stuff and some of the best stuff on it. And then some albums, which depending on my mood would, would flip between those two categories. Um, and so some days this would be, would be one of like, yeah. in the top five playlists for me. And then other days it would be like, the God, why am I listening to this? <laughs> um, you're just nuts though. This is what you say to me here. It's like, it's either good or it's not, it's not no. bad on a Wednesday and good on a Thursday. No, I'm saying art is a conversation. And it depends on depends Jesus on the, both sides. <laughs> okay, all right. Fair I enough. I think I think I enjoyed the fact that it was pretty diverse. It felt like there wasn't yeah. there wasn't any albums that felt like they were doing the same things as each other. Um, yeah. But that made it quite easy for me to go. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to the Yard Out one today. I'm going to skip past that one and listen to this mm. one instead, and go that do that sort of thing. It didn't feel like. Yeah. Um, there was definitely two albums that I didn't really want to go back to um, at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the others I found myself, I think they were, I think the FK twigs was like my most listened to thing of last, the last month. Um, I mean, it helps. It has like a hundred tracks, but, um, <laughs> but still, um, yeah, I've just, it, it was an interesting one. I don't think I, I wouldn't put it as one of the best ones, but, and I can't really remember if I've liked any of the others. Um, yeah. But okay. Um, so yeah, that's that's the, the meat of the playlist. Um, and I am now going to do Why I Love Lady Gaga, which I'm sure both of you are very excited for. I can't wait to hear. Yeah, to, just, to start with, I have to apologize for creating the weirdest juxtaposition of things that we've had in the playlist <laughs> from yeah. the classic of like really poignant a change is going to come very quiet because the yeah, Aretha Franklin album is very quiet and then suddenly just dance kicks in and it's like ridiculously loud and I always turned yeah. the volume up on the Aretha because it was really quiet on my system and then it would just be like banging like yes. dance music so I'm sorry about that we should have put like a minute of silence in between. Yeah, that would um, have helped. I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, um, I've I've been trying to think of artists that neither of you would have known about for why I love like introducing you with little context. Mm. It's what I enjoy on the other side of it. I really mm. like it when you pick those ones because I don't know most yeah. of the people you love. But then I kind of looked at the my list of my most played artists ever, and Lady Gaga is sat at number one over seven thousand three hundred plays. It's wow. kind of hard to overstate how big of a role she's played in my enjoyment of music over the last 13 years since she like debuted right from me listening to Just Dance months before it was released as a single here when she was set to support um, the Pussycat Dolls on their tour. Oh, nice. um, and I was 17 years old at that time i think um right now tonight now where any of her albums or she releases something she's gonna be like my most played of the year that's just kind of a guarantee no matter how good or bad it is <laughs> <laughs> and i can't think of an artist that like i've joked about this about other people but 
I genuinely can't think of an artist that for a couple of the years of my life, I have like been a stan, like dedicated, call myself one of their biggest fans. In those first few years, it's hard to kind of articulate to people who weren't in it, how much we as fans were so into every single thing that she did, every single appearance she made, every outfit she would wear, every she had like a weekly youtube video called gaga vision with really terrible production values she was doing this <laughs> years before she had a hit and um like every video performance on a tv show huge anticipation whenever she'd do a video of just a glimpse of it of of something or a performance of a song and every single thing felt like a moment and i was fully invested and there's there's no one else. There's no other pop star in my lifetime that's captured me like that. I imagine this is how people feel when they grew up in the 70s or the 80s and they had Prince and they had Madonna yeah. and they had these mm. kind of icons of music and that ev- the everyone knew and everyone knew of them, whether, whether or not you liked the music, you knew of them and you heard about them and you could talk about them. That kind of level of superstar and for for those years that was that was what it was for me like i i turned 18 like a few weeks after bad romance was released in 2009 um and like i was still like a closeted gay teenager trying to figure out myself and here's lady gaga on tv openly bisexual talking about that championing her fans talking about lgbt rights from the start this isn't something that she kind mm. of jumped on for a laugh to get money or to get fans it's it was kind of like at all times she was authentically herself and honest about it and yet was the number one artist in the world and it to to others it might seem like a song like born this way is like very oh, it's just positive message for like positive message sake. But I know that for so many of us that were massive fans of hers and in that and felt like, felt everything she did, it was huge. And and I imagine there's lots and lots of fans across the world that were younger than me that that was even bigger for them. And it was an even bigger moment. I obviously was was slightly older, but... um, the fact that she's consistently advocated for things like that, the fact that she's put herself in the, that position of of fighting for the rights of of people um, and for minor- minorities, and and knows her place as a as an artist and a figurehead for that sort of thing. I feel like there's nothing she does by half, which then I haven't even really talked about the music, but mm-hmm. I I feel like that's the point is that whether or not everything she's released has been amazing. I, I don't, I don't, there's some genuinely terrible songs she's done. Um, and I feel like most, there's most superstars there is. Um, yeah. but she's constantly giving a hundred percent. There's, there's nothing where I feel like it's half assed. Um, when there's so many pop stars of the last decade, uh, that have kind of gotten away with mediocrity because they've had a hit song or they've, they've had, they're able to kind of fake their vocals or they're not, they don't, they don't write their own songs and someone else has written a good song for them. I won't name the biggest offenders other than specifically Justin Bieber because he deserves <laughs> it. But <laughs> even, even at her like most delusional and like eccentric, she at least feels like she's, she gives a shit and she's 
she's fully committed. She's out there singing while wearing a dress that's flying. She's performing full choreography <laughs> alongside Ariana Grande in a full-on mask during the pandemic to make a point to get people to wear a mask. She's doing four costume changes during an award show. And she's knocking out standards with poor Tony Bennett, who they finally let retire um, <laughs> in Vegas. And she's saying ridiculous things in interviews about a movie where she's stayed in character for God knows why. That's just a meme. But but when she hits the stage, it's like <laughs> it's like her life depends on it. And she's she's fully committed. Um, I yeah, I've yammered on for ages, but longer than that guy from yard actors um but i wanted to <laughs> the playlist i wanted there was a few things i wanted to do with it and i know the first was i didn't want to pick all of her biggest hits because i know that we're talking about someone who we all we've all lived through these songs so we know poker face and bad romance and born this way and shallow yeah. those four are her defining hits and i didn't want to include them because you're not going to change your mind about them um Fran specifically. Um, <laughs> just just Dance is probably the biggest hit here, but it's it's hard for me that the impact of that song. I feel like it doesn't get enough credit for the change that it made with pop music and, and the chart. Um, if you go back and listen to music from like 2002 to 2009, especially in the US, you don't really hear like four to the floor dance music. You don't, over here, we, we had a big dance culture um, mm. but it really brought that that dance sound back in a massive way and it, it, it didn't I don't, I don't I can't overstate how kind of indebted it, it is it maybe it's it was just a peak moment and that was the kind of thing that finally did it um but that song was such a huge moment um I wanted to pick a few of the crazier bits like government hooker and um heavy metal lover just to see what the hell you think um <laughs> And then I've, I've picked up something from every album, even though I feel like a few of her albums are way, way better than the others. She does sort of have diminishing returns um, as, a, as an albums artist. Um, and I think I feel like the middle part of her career, um, she was, um, the albums were really struggling to to live up to her first couple. Um but I, I wanted to show the differences with how she's moved from like the kind of insanity of like art pop era to like being adult contemporary Joanne star is born. Look at me. I'm a serious actress kind of thing. And then back yeah. again to like straight up dance music, which is, she's kind of back in that zone. Um, and then I wanted to pick an actual jazz record, but, for some reason, my favorite one that she's done, she sang um, Bang Bang, and um, My Baby Shot Me Down. That isn't on Spotify. Mm. So I've picked uh, Le'Veon Rose from A Star Is Born Instead. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I just wanted to end by just kind of picking out what my favorite song of hers would be. And that's kind of, that would be a toss up between the kind of stadium rock of something like You and I. I think when I've seen her live, that's, to me, that's that's where she shines, um, where she's kind of sat at the piano and she really feels like she's she's one of those all-time stars on the stage. And then the final song is probably my favorite, Marry the Night. That that has the chaos of so many of her songs, where it's just effortlessly catchy. Uh, it's so danceable, but it's just wild and 
that kind of thing on the edge of is this all going to collapse? Is is this going to work? She's trying to do too much at once, and it's that that kind of that attitude that I feel like she's brought to her music for so long, and just brought as a as a person. I, I genuinely can't imagine being into music over the last few um, the last decade or so, and her not being involved in what I was listening to. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I picked. I, I don't want you to hold back. Because I know we 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 kind of do this on the why I love, but then it's when you've picked someone and it's like some slightly obs- more obscure person, no one really knows them. It's like yeah. I don't think that Lady Gaga's going to mind that. Yeah, they yeah. get slated on this um, on our silly podcast. But I, <laughs> no, because I, I genuinely want to know because I I tried to pick a diverse mix of things that I thought yeah. at least something you're going to get from it, um, and hopefully you don't hate me. For making you listen to this <laughs> so yeah do you want to do you want to go fran because i feel like should i go should i go for it be more on my <laughs> all right um well honestly I'll, I'll be honest it was a hard hard one for me to decide to how to approach this because you you've just kind of hinted that like I, I am a miserable bastard i like to lay into music on this podcast but when it comes to the why why i love sections i really do like to try and look for the positives I think like having put a lot of these playlists together, you know, you do put a lot into it and you do want people to to get something. So I always really try and find something I love about it. Um, and you've just made it even harder, Sam, because a lot of what you just <laughs> said then was was really quite um, quite poignant, actually. The stuff around, you know, being young and, and you know, her, her attitude helping you to sort of understand yourself better. I mean, that's, that's massive. That's what you look for in music. So... Yeah, you made it even harder for me. Um, I already didn't want to lay into it. And, and look, she's huge. She's obviously well-loved. She obviously means a lot to people. And she obviously means a lot to you. And what what the playlist did do for me is it shows that there is a lot of, diff- a lot of different styles to her. She isn't one note. You know, she does a lot of different stuff. Um, but it was a huge challenge for me to listen to this playlist. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, I'll be honest. It's it's probably the least I've, I've listened to a while of playlist. I did listen to it. If, a fair few times but um listen without sounding too harsh i think if you were to ask me to create a playlist that demonstrated the things i least enjoy in music i would struggle to come up with a better example (laughs) wow (laughs) wow okay (laughs) but but i didn't go away from it thinking she's a bad artist as i have in the past with some wire loves that i'm not going to mention i don't want to upset anyone um and I didn't go away struggling to understand how you can be such a fan of it or how someone can be such a fan of it. I get it. It's just so far removed from anything that I personally enjoy. I think, you know, you've talked about Yard Act today and and you talk about some of the shouting, shouting man music, as you, as you like to call it, that I enjoy. You know, you understand why it's popular, but you just don't want to listen to it. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with, with this. It's the poppiest pop music I've ever heard. Um, and I'm still learning to enjoy pop, I think. Um, and to, just to turn one of your stories that you tell sometimes on its head, Sam, you, you quite often tell us how your partner, David, um, comes and asks you to close the door when you, you listen to something like Fontaine's or Idols for the podcast. Um, Kirsten, my partner, has, has listened has heard me listen to a lot of music over the years for Picky Bastards, but this was the first time she ever came and asked me to listen to it when she's she's not around. So <laughs> <laughs> wow. you did achieve that. You did achieve that. Um, but yeah, what can I say that isn't, you know, I do, it's really interesting to hear. Like I really enjoyed listening to you talk about why it means something to you because it was hard for me to get my head around. Um, but it makes more sense to me 
now. So as much as it's not for me, I, I, I do think it's really valuable music um, and a really valuable artist by the sounds of things. So there you go. I've ended on a positive. Hopefully Matt's going to be a bit nicer. Yeah, I am. I th- I, I'm i surprised you say it's the poppiest pop that you've ever heard because there's people making poppier pop than this. I think when you... It was, it was much more interesting than I was expecting. I think, Sam, you were talking about some interesting stuff when you think about icons as opposed to like a pop star. Like yeah. if I think of an icon, there's not really many these days. I Like I jump to Beyonce and yeah. probably Lady Gaga as well. And that might be it. Um, because she is, she's always interesting and doing something weird to like subvert like mainstream culture in some way. Um, and as much as I didn't like, especially in my teens, didn't connect with her music because I was like all guitars all the time. Um, she, I always thought she was doing something, something cool or weird, um, to kind of stand out. Um, and so that like it stands her separate from the rest. And then musically, like I obviously there's a few tracks I knew, like like Just Dance. Um and but there was a bunch I didn't. And they were much more musically some of them were much more musically interesting for me, I think. Mm. Um specifically the dancier ones. I thought like um Oh, let me think. Like, like the one government hooker that you put on. Yeah. I thought the the music in that was really, really cool. And I really liked when she had a more dance electronic sound. And it went much harder into that genre than I was expecting. Similarly with Alice. Um, there's just that like kind of 90s, 90s uh, yeah. dance music vibe that I just wasn't expecting. And I really, really quite enjoyed Um and even listening to like some of her like the big hits, I was expecting to be kind of transported. It, this might be showing my age now, but I was expecting to be like thinking about when I used to go clubbing when I was like eighteen. And now it just gives me like happy memories of going to weddings <laughs> and stuff like that. Because that's that's now where I associate that music with is like oh let's put on the put on the put on the classics and uh, everyone's gonna have a little dance. Um, uh, so that was kind of nice. You know, the thing that, like, yeah, Just Dance and Paparazzi and Alejandro, uh, things like that. Um, that said, some of the stuff I didn't like that much. I I really don't like the movie A Star Is Born. Yeah, and I don't like any fine. of the music associated with it um, <laughs> because I hate the movie so much. Um, I, I just found it kind of an unbearable movie. I generally, when she's singing the more classical styles of music, and when you put it like she wants to appear more adult, I'm just like not as interested. Um, because she, I th- like she has a real talent for being something different and special. Like, stay doing that, and and not. I don't need to hear jazz standards. Like, if I want to listen to, sorry, I I know you picked Livia on Rose, but yeah, but I, I didn't. To that, I didn't. I specifically didn't pick like her singing like a song with Tony Bennett. Like I wasn't yeah. going to because I don't really listen to that that much. I yeah. tried to pick something at least that I would that I feel like showcased her as a vocalist. Yeah, her, specifically. yeah her talents. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah, she she yeah, like she has the skill. Um, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think, um, 
yeah, I think the other thing that surprised me was I quite liked the country track as well. I think she was doing like it was I, I forgot what it's called. It's like the one where she's wearing a cowboy hat on the John cover. Wayne. I'm just looking. Oh, at um, John Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I quite like that. I like the the backing vocal she did for it. I thought that was kind of doing that country folk style, but in a, a slightly different way that made it a bit more unique to her. So like she obviously like she has massive range, um, but I want to now just listen to her doing '90s dance electronic stuff because that, <laughs> that's that's the thing. That it's, really- it's it's interesting you say that just because uh, it's kind of like that that song Alice that that's yeah. from her latest album okay. where that felt like a big return and to it was the first time she'd done straight up dance music since the the kind of the other tracks that you mentioned back yeah. in like kind of 2011. So it'd be nearly a decade really of, of kind of pivoting into either wilder pop music or that more country-ish vibe or the jazz or the, the standards or doing kind of more ballady stuff um, where that was where her success kind of was. Um, but it feels like she's kind of managed to return back to that that sound that she originally had. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's interesting you picked out on both both ends of that career, basically. Yeah, yeah, because especially with the juxtaposition of like where you place them, I had no idea that they're a decade apart. Yeah, yeah. If, it felt like they could, maybe not the same album, but like a similar vibe to them. Um, and it's yeah, it's like you said, it's kind of crazy that that the first albums were a decade old yeah um, because there has been such a 90s resurgence in dance like a resurgence in 90s 90s style dance and electronic music and and yeah so that's cool that's cool i'm just interested sam you said something while you were talking about sort of diminishing returns and and i mean i'm looking at the playlist now and there's a couple of songs particularly that i struggled with i just want to which which what would you say is the albums that were less you know was there albums I, that I would say Art Pop and Joanne were the ones that kind of okay. were really... Art Pop was a mess. Like, I feel like most people would agree that. Um, where <laughs> it was kind of what happens when you tip over from being all crazy and but still the music still kind of working to the mm. craziness over-egging the music. Like, she was like... have She had like a person that came on and like, was like sick on her on stage <laughs> she was like all of her Fair enough. all the audience would like dressed as pigs um and then she was like <laughs> throwing like milk at the like it was like it was just wildness for the sake of it and it felt like the music kind of took a back seat for a while yeah um, that sounds more like performance art than, yeah exactly than... and then she pivoted away from that after that kind of didn't work and that's when her kind of journey up to I'm just going to kind of show that I'm a, a, pr- a proper singer now. I'm going to kind of show mm. that I can do these ballads. And for a lot of people, that that that's her weakest moment. Um, but yeah. it feels like she's kind of back on top now. Um, and that's kind of post-Star is Born, really. I know you don't like it, Matt, but that was huge for her. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I know it's massive. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm just like... Inescapable, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah, I, didn't yeah. pick I, I have not watched it for a million obvious reasons why I wouldn't watch it, but should I watch it? Matt no. says no. I would it's say got, no for you. It doesn't have a good message okay. in it. 
If you've, it's, it's an old film that's been remade like four times, so it's not, it's yeah. nothing new. Um, it's the same story. Um, but yeah, maybe not if you no. hated everything that you listened to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, um, no, that's fine. I didn't hate everything. I didn't hate everything. But what songs did, did you like? From? Was there oh, a song why you liked? did you ask me that? Um, interestingly, while Sam was talking about it, I think one of the songs that I do think is probably a more successful song and I, I get is Marry the Night. Um, I do get that song. And Paparazzi, um, I got that. I think that's probably, they're probably the two songs that I could sort of, I could get a bit more out of than yeah. others. Um, Speechless, definitely my least favourite. Um, I was not a fan of Speechless. Let's put it, let's just leave it at that. But, but yeah, <laughs> it's been interesting to talk about. She's obviously a lot more sort of of an interesting artist than a lot of people you would consider in that icon bracket, I think, in just the terms of like having pigs in the audience and having people vomit on her. There's, you know, she's an interesting, I'm glad to have like yeah. had the chance to learn more about her, even if it's not the music for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Hopefully I've opened the door that you won't walk through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So let's, we're, we're, we, we're at the end. Uh, you did it. And yeah, we, we made through. it. We made it. You hosted an episode, Sam. Well done. Um, Congratulations. So let's let's move quickly on to the next episode. <laughs> uh, episode fifty-two. Um, the new releases are going to be "Squeeze" by Sasimi. Um, "Pray for Me, I Don't Fit In" by Melt Yourself Down. Um, "How Is It That I Should Look at the Stars" by The Weather Station. "Heterosexuality" by Shamir. And the classic is going to be Plans by Death Cab for Cutie. And Fran is going to be telling us why he loves Angel Olsen. We've picked cool. very long titles, me and Matt. Um, yeah, yeah, a I'll bit forget. much. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to follow us on at Picky Bastards on Twitter or read some of the pieces on pickybees.com. Um, yeah, I don't know what's on there right now. Some good stuff. Probably. My review about Virginia Road today, which is the most important Ooh, yeah. thing. Definitely read that. Um, yeah, if you if you'd like to support the show somehow, we've 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 added a link on there on our Twitter, um, where you can buy us a coffee. Um, if you hate the show, then you've lasted a very long time um, through the episode, <laughs> so I'm quite surprised. Um, but well done. Um, and with that, uh, we'll see we'll see you all next month. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.